Welcome to the show. Hello, everybody. Yeah, it's like a podcast. You can listen to it while. Phil, <laughs> you've come straight in. We need to go with what people care about right now. Right. And, you know, I don't know what to say. It's like a podcast. Right. There. Go. That's the official jingle. Hello and welcome to the fancast. My name is Jane and you can find me on Tumblr, Twitter and AO3 as JestB and I am joined by... Charlotte and I'm Charlotte Cath on everything. Um, so firstly I'm going to say sorry for my very weirdly croaky voice. Um, I'm ill um, because um, we've been at Summer in the City um, this weekend and um, yeah, it's been very long. <laughs> Yeah, that's the more socialising, more humaning than I've done in a while. More going outside than my body is, like, used to. And we went out every night. I know. I never do that. I know. I need to, like, go into a cave and, like, read fic for, like, two weeks and recover. Yes, absolutely. Um, so, um, we are going to talk about um, Summer in the City. In a bit. Yeah. Oh, it's probably worth mentioning that um, Julia isn't able to join us for this episode, um, as Julia isn't with us at Summer in the City. And we miss her, but she will be with us again um, at some point. In the future. Yes. In the soons. Sometime in the soon. Cool. Um, so We've not we... recorded in ages, so we have a lot to talk about. Yeah. Do we want to talk about Previously on Dan and Phil? Yes, I think that's important. Do you want to give people a Previously on Dan and Phil in case they weren't on the internet Previously on Dan and Phil. I mean, as most of the arts are about, we've not even discussed Phil's coming out video. I know, we did a whole episode dedicated to dance. <laughs> but I think happened. Did, no, we're just keeping it low-key. That's what he would want. Exactly. Yeah. We'll just do a segment. Just like, yeah. yeah. Just a little shout-out to it. Yeah. So Phil's video? It was amazing. It was just the perfect complement to Dan's video in the way it was structured and his humour and the tone of it. Mm. It just worked so well. I mean, I wasn't expecting a video from him. No. So to get one, it just... The jokes were very on point. Yes. Uh, it was very, and I've spoken to a couple of people about it this weekend actually, um, how those two videos were very them, mm. and Phil's was very him. I, my favourite thing about it is I love how confident he was and how settled into his, because obviously Dan's was very much an exploration of his relationship to his queerness and, and what that means for him and what it means in general and how society views it, but Phil was very much just, this is me, it's a very small part of me, I'm still the same person, that's it, I'm happy, it's fine. Yeah, I also just liked it was kind of just like, I'm, I, the, even the whole kind of idea of it, like I'm coming out to you, but like this is not a thing that I have to do because yeah. I'm kind of already out to other people. But like, here we go, I'm gay, cool. Yeah, I'm gay. That bit That's in good. the closet <laughs> with his duvet, like, peak Oh, peak, peak. That, the um, vase, was yeah. amazing. Yeah. He, th- there was just, there was a lot of good comedic timing in it. It was... Yes. My favourite joke was... Oh, no. Okay, I've got two. My, one of my first one is the I grew into it. Yeah. Um, and then the other one is the thirst. The thirst one is so good. <laughs> just I feel like they weren't really planned, but it just shows you, like, his natural humour. Yeah. No, it was really good. I really, really enjoyed it. Mm. Wasn't expecting it at all. No. Yeah, no, I was... Um, what was I doing? Like, sitting down to watch something... Um, and then the video dropped, and I was like, I can't watch this now. <laughs> Julia was asleep, well, trying to get sleep, and I was, like, downstairs, and then, like, it dropped. I just, like, ran up, and I was like, Julia! Wake up! You can't go to sleep now! <laughs> so I was like, just, well, it was one moment, it was like, do I wake her up? Like, she needs to sleep, but also... She'd have killed you if you hadn't I know, I know, I know, I know. So yeah. I was like, wake up, watch this with me. But, oh, my God, that was, yeah, not expected. One more slightly serious bit about oh. it, I will say, is the, um, the bit where he talks about being outed to his yeah. friends obviously had like a strong resonance in terms of if you think about what was all their reaction to things leaking um, for them and just kind of ha- having that happen again to Phil must have been really hard and that sort of, yeah, gave me a lot of feelings. Yes, about... obviously if you've been outed early on and that's how you had to come out to people, it may- would probably mean that for the rest of time you want to control it as much as possible. Yeah. Not that anybody ever wants to not be in control. No, of their but own then to have that but... taken away from them. And then in 2012. I was gonna say to have it happen again out of your control and have people millions of people speculating about it all the time. You can see why they've made some of the decisions they've made. Yeah, yeah. I think putting both the videos together it gives you a much broader view of kind of some of the decisions that were made over the year and why they've acted the way they have. Yeah. But yeah, it was really good. Yeah, because I think but, I'd sort of settled that the tweet was like what we were going to get in terms of it. 
Um, and I would have been happy with that because it felt uh, that felt like Phil's style. Yeah. Um, to do it in a sort of joke um, about content. Yeah. Leading on from that, obviously his video dropped um, the first week of July. At the end of the week was Pride, <laughs> and a lot of people seem to think that because the video dropped then, that would imply that he was also going yes. to go to Pride. So there was quite a bit of um, I say backlash, but people seemed a bit unhappy that he didn't show up and that he didn't tweet on Pride Day. Yeah, I didn't fear any of those things as somebody who um, also didn't go to Pride for many years um, and as a person who also experiences social anxiety, um, big crowds, especially when the focus is on you, can be quite overwhelming. And I think obviously people will say like, oh, you know, Phil's done a tour and blah, blah, blah. But actually his own tour, he was in control of, he could, you know, make sure that no one like came up to him randomly or well i think the other thing was if he went the focus <coughs> would not be on so much their queerness but like just literally mm. like a micro focus on their relationship do they touch where are they like are they near each other and i think that like it was very meaningful for dan to have that experience of being part yes. of the queer community um and, and like feeling like he fit in and i think it would have taken so much away from it mm. if the entire Thing had been all eyes on them and their interactions with each other rather than like i think you'd almost just take like forget how much of an important step forward it was for dan accepting himself <coughs> it would have just been about their relationship yes i think um i have two thoughts about that really um first being that i think they've been very careful throughout this whole process uh, about how they've approached the nature of their relationship as they have been for most of their career um but to, to make that not the focus to make the story out the other end how important the video was uh, in dan's case um and obviously, not that Phil's wasn't important as well, but how important, like, um, people coming out and being representatives of queer people yeah. is important. Um, and the focus not being their relationship. Um, but then also, yeah, like, Dan's obviously explained this massive journey to us where he hasn't been able to be comfortable in, in queer spaces. But it's something that he's obviously wanted to be, whereas, yeah. like, it didn't seem like Phil expressed that need. No, and, like, and, and plus not, I think he probably did some of no. it when he was at uni. Yeah, and not every queer person <coughs> needs to go to Pride. It's not like a fucking right passage. And it's not yeah. necessary. Like, I think the most... like that, Obviously Pride is really, really important. But what is more important is living your life every fucking day every year. And, like, you're not just queer on the one day. So, like, yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, no one knows where don't feel put their money. Um, and I'm not saying that money can solve all of life's issues. But, you know, if... <laughs> Yeah, I just don't think like it's um, him being blind to the issues that face queer people or... Um... No, not at all. I mean, I'm sorry, it's fucking London Pride. Like, it's so bloody commodified anyway. Like, I don't think it's particularly, you know, the most radical form of activism just going. As someone who's marched in it, like, I, I really enjoyed going and being in Pride, but it's... Yeah. Yeah, I mean, obviously, uh, Pride is important because obviously the first... Pride was a riot and it's a, but it's, a but politi it's not... political activism. But, um, yeah, there are other things that you can do outside of that one day. Well, yeah, there. like, I think just, you know, the f we'll talk about it a bit more in a bit in yeah. a little bit, but, like, living the way as... Even if they've been in a glass closet for these years, but living out online, if you look at how they've impacted their audience, yeah. especially a young queer audience, of seeing a long-term, happy, romantic relationship that you can look up to and think, maybe that's for me. I mean, that, to me, is a far bigger thing but yeah I think we'll talk about a bit more online relationships when we get to Sitsi. yes and then so after Pride they fucked off to America mm -hmm. that was that was good yeah we had content I was like this close to going to VidCon <laughs> um I got this weird idea in my head that I was gonna go and I'd costed it all up and it was gonna cost me an arm and a leg and then I didn't because I realized at the last minute that it was a stupid idea <coughs> it would have been fun but yeah I think it's a long way to go but it yeah. was good the content was good um phil's <coughs> panel was questionable i i was lovely to see phil i think we got some lovely information about the gaming channel which was nice um i did not enjoy the interviewer no i think obviously we've just been at city's so you can really see from panels how important a good moderator or a good interviewer is it really can change a boring panel to a good one and it can really also ruin it when it could be a really interesting guest if you've just got not got someone who's done their research yeah or just yeah um 
just quickly to bring, I can stop talking about Sitsi until this bit, but we had a, the, they on the main stage, they had yeah. Elle Mills did a bit, and I really like Elle, I like her content, mm-hmm. and the interviewer just wasn't prepared and was just asking things like, what's your favourite British food? Like, yeah, what do you think, like, have you, I was talking about the time zones, and I was just like, this stuff is really mundane, and like, felt like the questions weren't prepared, it was just like, but she was just asking whatever question came to In her bed. head based on what Elle had said. Yeah. And then she asked the same question, like, twice. Like, Ella said, oh, this is my second... Oh, yeah, she always said, this is my six. second sixty. And she went, so have you been before? And it was like, you didn't even listen to her speak. Like, oh. Yeah. It wasn't great. Um, prepare, it, the bit on the Phil um, Q&A that got me... Um, well, there was a couple of bits, but the uh, bit where she was just showing him dog photos. And I, 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 that was cute. Like, Phil writing dogs is cute. But equally, not in that setting for the audience. Well, it wasn't like, done so that, yeah, so that everyone can see what's happening. If they'd happening, pre-done yeah. it and the photos were up on the screen and everything and everyone can see what you're reacting to, then yeah, great. But that's not how they did it. Um, she obviously hadn't prepared that many questions. And then, yeah. She, and then she made, like, random comments on what questions were asked. And apparently then the next day she said, was it in Hank Green's yeah, thing? She was one. like, oh, you got much more insightful questions here yesterday. She wanted to know what socks he was wearing or something. But it's like she hadn't done the research to know that that's a thing. Yeah, but also, like, I, I actually, after that, looked through some of the Twitter questions. Yeah. And like, people asked really interesting stuff. Like, yeah. there was no reason <laughs> to do that. I don't know. Um, Unless, of course. As someone that, she did work for a mainstream, really reasonable publication. And I do just find like, do your research. Like, I don't know. Yes. Because it's not like... I'm not being funny, but it's not like you're dealing with someone you can't find that information about. No, no. I, like, as somebody who... I feel like most of the journalism is about internet culture. Like, they're a really interesting aspect of internet culture. Like, yeah. there's some really cool questions to be asked there. I would literally give up most of my life to do an interview with them. Yeah, and it might be that maybe some things were off limits. Like, I'm sure some aspects are, but I'm... like. Yeah. Even things like asking about, like, your video-making process, stuff like that is, you know... I think it's just a matter of, like, taking YouTubers seriously. Like, she obviously seemed to take Hank more seriously because, obviously, he's got... Because he's hungry, yeah. But, like, so have they. Like, they've got such an interesting media empire. They're not just YouTubers, like... No, but, I mean, to the outside world and the uninformed, um, Hank Green has... produces educational content across multiple channels. And Dan and Phil mess around and play some games and then put eggs in vinegar. You know what I mean? Like it's Yeah. Um to the outside, uneducated view, that's what it looks like. But yeah, she should have done her job. Yeah. In my opinion. That was a shame. Um I also, always wondered whether it was that she was bitter and sour because suddenly that before the interview they were like, Yeah, the coming out stuff's off limits. Like we're mm. not that's because that's their narrative and they need to be in control of it. And yeah. they, they were just like no one, there's like this, this, and this is off limits, and that pissed her off because then she was like, "Oh, I haven't got any like, yeah, you know, wants to get the inside, be the first person to ask questions, and yeah." So she was like, "I'm gonna just not ask him." I don't mm. know. Maybe was um, angrier. <laughs> controversial opinion about VidCon. Mm. Um, Dan segment. I don't get me wrong. I enjoyed it. I thought it was a bit dull. I thought it was a bit dull for one. It was basically a Dan video, but without. The funny sketches. I think it was, it there was too, I mean, luckily, people knew who he was. Yes. It was too, it relied too much on insider knowledge. Like, for me, it was funny. You know, the Dan is not a fire stuff. It's, yeah. We know. And, like, most people we'll in YouTube know. spaces yeah. at least know of Dan and Phil. But I, I actually, because I really don't talk to anybody who likes YouTube, who really doesn't know who they are, yeah. don't know how much that humour would have landed with audiences who aren't familiar well i know people really into youtube but know nothing about dan and phil yeah because they're in a completely different set of youtube yeah and, and like i think they wouldn't have got that no and i think that yeah it was just slightly too catered to yeah and like dan said in his interview with um the bbc yeah. people talent works in that podcast um they um you know he was talking about trying to stand up or whatever um but that, I think that that's what he thought that was. And I'm not saying that it wasn't funny, because I did enjoy it. I just don't think it was, like, stand-up in the traditional sort no. of, like, it, well, it didn't make sense to an audience who didn't know him. Um, yeah, and also, uh, the, the cute bit was when he came out and everyone was screaming and he just stood there. That was cute as heck. Yeah. I loved it. Um, I enjoyed the story about the marathon. Mm. Nice message to have. Um, 
But I, I actually thought the beginning of it was really awkward and like stilted. Yeah, well, I think it's it's challenging. Like he's not done stuff alone on stage yet, and yeah. he does talk about how like the 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 way of the medium of YouTube allows you to sort of build up know your audience. There's running jokes. You kind of like yeah. have this, and I think it's going to take a while to if he wants to try and undo that and do something without the kind of preformed Dan persona. Yeah. It's going to take a while for him to figure out how to do that without relying on. Yeah. Everything that you've built up over 10 years. No, it was well, good. Yeah, I think, obviously, they're very much in a space where their career is commodifying their personality, essentially. Yeah. Um, selling that personality, whether that is persona personality or your real one, and I think they're probably interlinked in a lot of ways. Um, but, like, most stand-up comedians, although you will have a, an idea about what their personality is, it's not their personality they're selling, yeah. it's their, you know... Um, their way of delivering jokes so yeah I just think it he needs to shake that off a little bit um, you just you what you need it to be is you need the, to have anyone could walk in and find it funny yeah like it needs to take away from all of it the... needs to be actually relatable rather than like edgy relatable yeah <laughs> but yeah I think it, you know it was always going to be hard it's the first time he's done the like, big on stage I'm proud of him for doing it but yeah um, and I think that's one of the things that it does show like I do think without a doubt like they they are able to um bounce off each other so well there was a bit in that podcast um when Dan was talking about um the uh the, show. You know, the good and bad bit yeah. and interactive introverts and how yes. like, they didn't have a clue what was going to be on the things every night mm -hmm. but it was okay because they, they knew trust they, each other they yeah. trust each other and like to be able to go on and improv like, he obviously seemed to really enjoy that aspect of it. Yeah. Like, going on to it and actually being forced into that situation. Yeah. But the trust was always that you've got that other person who's going to back you up. Yeah. And that was... Yeah, and I guess that they've sort of... that They've always relied on that. So mm -hmm. it's going to be challenging to move away from... Yeah. A point when you don't have the other person to back you up. Like, everything they've ever done live has always been together, like the radio. Mm-hmm. And apart from that one awkward radio show when Dan was alone and then had to... Yeah. To Jamila, and she's like trying to get him off the phone, like, come on, like, go back to your radio. Yeah. That's so awkward. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I guess, also, yeah, I don't know, sometimes Dan alone and live isn't my favourite. <laughs> I find it really awkward sometimes, and like, you never know what he's going to say, and I find it stressful. Like, I've seen people um, gifting that, um, the bit where he's like, I'm baby. Yeah, well, that was a, a meme. Girl. I know it was a meme, but it just felt really awkward when he was saying it. And yeah. maybe that's just me, but I was just like, oh, it's like stop. a big meme in the like BTS thing. Yeah, Julia got it more than I did. I was like, I've seen people say it about him on Twitter, and I'm like, I don't think I get this humor. Yeah, it's well, not for there's me. There's some aspects of the internet that is of that, and I'm like, yeah, I'm not of these memes. It's not for me. I'm not for not me, no. Um, but then after VidCon. Well, um, I was going to talk oh. about briefly the, because um, it's just popped into my head, I didn't write it in the notes, the uh, VidCon Now mm. and the React videos. Mm. React videos, great, love them. Not bothered that they were separate at all. No, I, I mean, I don't personally find the React videos particularly engaging, no, even just... when they were together. I just think for me it's not a format that I really care about. Yeah, it's not like a rewatch thing, but yeah. yay, they were on screen. Some content. Yeah. Um... I thought Phil's VidCon Now video was so much better than I was expecting. Yes. I was really... I In fact, I didn't watch it for ages. I actually messaged you and I was like, have you watched it? Is it cringe? <laughs> like, should I watch it? I was really sceptical because I get very anxious about the kind of the concept of it. Yeah. And someone else editing Phil in that concept to yeah. me just... I, the red flags were there of like a cringe attack, cringe attack. Yes. So I was like... I opened it and I was like, nah, I'm going to have a bath instead. <laughs> But actually, it was okay. It was really good. In fact, I thought that the... I know I actually saw some people didn't like the editing. I thought the editing was actually quite Phil. Yeah. And I thought that they did a really good job, I don't, you know, of translating that across. Yeah. Um, oh, speaking of which, though, we haven't watched the um, the video about editing it. I've seen comments about that now saying it was actually really good and he was obviously quite a big fan and liked him. And I'm, I'm at some point, I will get through that. He said the word funny like five times in the I know. We like, I we got in really late and we had like all the We were a bit there. drunk. And we were a bit drunk and we were like, I'm going to sit and watch it. And he just kept saying funny and we were like, no, 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 this is not, this is not 1am like, no. content. Let's eat pizza and watch the book by yeah, instead. Far better. He was like ruining my pizza. Um, yeah. 
But we will watch that at some point. I just, that was... I'll get round to it when I'm in a better mind state. (laughs) Yeah, I like, maybe not on a big TV. Maybe I just need it as like a small background object. On my phone in the background. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I, I figured that if there was anything that came out of it that we didn't already know, someone would have tweeted about yeah, it. Yeah, there wasn't, though. I think, I don't know, just people were saying that he was actually very respectful and that she seemed to really like Phil and Phil's content. I think yeah. that showed through then in the editing because, yes. yeah, I thought it was good and, yeah, it was funny, it was very Phil. Um, yeah. Then then they went to Nevada on yes. couple's holiday. Yeah. That was some cute content. I always love when Cornelia they holiday, coming through Cornelia. always coming through with the content. Cornelia's a queen of, of I know, the, the I people know. what they want. Like she knows. stuff 2018 and all Dan Phil's nonsense. Cornelia's where it's at. Um yeah, that was really cute. Glad they went and got away, did some holiday. Um Dan attempting to push that car was one of the funniest things I've ever seen. <laughs> um clearly just having no idea what was going on and just doing what he was told. Martin just like taking charge of the whole situation. I know, that yeah. was very funny. Um yeah. Yeah, that was good. That Yeah, I really enjoyed seeing them go away. It was also just nice that they got to have some time. Yeah, the away. outdoor shower inspired some very good fic. Yes, it did. That was good. Enjoyed that. Um, yeah, quality content. Went back to Vegas. Don't know what their obsession with Vegas is. What happens in Vegas stays in Vegas, that's what. Actually, I was saying this last night, I think you might have been in the bathroom, um, about how, like, you know, like, they're, like, really into their sort of themed, because restaurants must see, like, cocktail yeah. bars and, like, when they do go outside, they like to go for the experience. Yes. They don't seem to be the sort of people that are like, ooh, go down to the pub. It's like, if we're going to go out, we're going to have like, there's something got to be special about yeah. it. And maybe that kind of translates to their sort of obsession with Vegas. Yeah. Because it's like, it's very, I mean, it's very cheesy, but it's very like, you know, a, a whole experience. You can't do it elsewhere. Mm. So when you go out, it's kind of a whole like package and parcel. Of, yeah. You go out to do the thing rather than just a standard bar. I don't know. I find... Because usually they seem to have very good taste and I'm always like, yes, I'd love to do what they're doing, but Vegas I'm always a bit like... Also, that random thing where they went and bashed things up was quite strange. I was very glad to when I researched to find out that they um, it's all actually things that were going to be recycled. And oh, yeah. That, that yeah. pleased me because at first I was just like, what? What is this? This is so wasteful. <laughs> no, they've got one in Birmingham, actually. What? Yeah, yeah actually. Yeah, someone I worked with went to one. What? Yeah, ages ago, like before it happened. So then when it... When the Phil dropped the video, in context, like, I knew what it was. I knew that it was, like, a rage room thing. And I, it was really funny watching people be so confused, like, I literally, thinking that it was, like, their printer or something. And I'm like, no. I didn't think it was theirs. I literally just, all I could think was, I was just like, the waste, the waste. And then I gave it, <laughs> and I was like, okay, that's all right. It was, like, like recyclable things or things that couldn't be recycled and were going into a landfill. And I was like, yeah. okay, that's fine. That's okay. You can do that. But yeah, slightly strange thing to go all the way to America and do it, but you do you. Brilliant video of Phil beating up a printer, though. That was very... The rage. When I first... Angry op- Phil's my favourite. When I first opened it, I thought he was, like, retweeting, like, some sort of meme or something, and I was like, <laughs> what the heck is he am I watching? And then I was like, oh. Is it really bad that I knew for the first frame that it was Phil? <laughs> you know it was like, when I, op- like, looked at it, I was like, oh, it's a video of somebody, and I just, I didn't even open the video, I was just like... And I was like, okay, I better watch it, and I for a second, I was like, what? And then I was like, realised, and I was like... Hi. Oh, you can't no. see I'm making weird hand gestures. I just realised we're recording a podcast and I'm yeah. doing my yeah. <laughs> Fail. But, no, yeah. I loved it. Uh, Angry Phil's my favourite, we know this. So, um, I enjoyed it a lot. Um, I wanted to see Dan beat up some stuff. Yeah, there was that we didn't get that, did He we? doesn't want himself losing control on camera. No. But, yeah, I thought it was nice to see a little bit tidbits of their, like, holiday and... Yeah. yeah that was nice. Very nice. And I think they deserved a holiday at the end of the month of coming out. Wasn't the picture of them in the boiler seats the first joint picture we had? <laughs> no, 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 no. The first joint picture was the one with their other ends of the sign with their legs in weird position. Oh, yeah. Because I, I also... But it was the first one where they were next to, next each, to each other. Next to each other. Which is, like, beautiful. Let's troll the fandom. Give us that content when all of us just wanted a picture of selfie of them together. And that's what we get. Yeah. Love yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. They knew that's what we wanted, so they gave us boiler seats. Yeah. It's fine. <coughs> we'll get content eventually. Yeah. And then they've come back. Yeah. And got nicked by a poodle. That was good. Enjoyed that. We were like walking home from the station and we had to like stop, put brightness on the phone, and, like stare at the picture for a while. Yes, that was good. And screech because... Um, I missed something from Vegas we might want to talk about. Do oh. you want to talk about Dan's mirror selfie? Or is that best left alone? I think it's best left. Let's not give him any more of the attention that he's quite so clearly seeking. Uh, I love that he just, he likes to do it like once or twice a year. Like. 
just, I don't know. Dan. Just being ho on main is his new branding, and I'm here for it, but equally I feel like, I don't know, like he's a younger member of my family, and I just want to be like, put some clothes on. Yeah, Stop doing this on the internet because in a few years you will regret it. I it know. happens every time. I know, I know. I'm like, Dan, there's things on the internet that you did in your past. <laughs> I wonder if he'd been day drinking. Again, that also inspired some very good fic though, so I was, this I was about true. that. This is true. <laughs> yeah, usually his um, videos and selfies. Mm. Do we want to talk about, just briefly, because we got a couple of questions about it, um, the lack of joint branding slash content yeah I mean it doesn't bother me it doesn't bother me and I, I understand why for some people because obviously they're waiting for it to come back it does but um I guess for me because transformative fandom exists yeah I'm always kind of like tidied over by that yeah um I've, I've said it before I said it all the way through the hiatus like it does like breaks in content don't bother me because I have fic and fandom and stuff um I, I think people are worrying that they've split the branding forever and we're never going to see them together and blah, blah, blah. I think eventually we'll get something. I don't yeah. just don't think it needs to be like a big deal. It doesn't. And like, let them do different things if I'm they really want to. I'm really excited to see what they do separately. Yeah, same. Like, I'm really excited to see what they do next. I think that they've turned everything on their head this year that I expected from them. So my expectations are just, I fucking don't know. Um, that's yeah. great like I'm really excited to be like I actually don't have a clue yeah. like when we were trying to brainstorm what we thought Phil's next video was I was like at this point it could be anything like yeah. there's no there's no like before there was kind of like well they'd never do this or they'd never do this and June just changed that like yeah, my no expectations of them is just fuck knows yeah. which is actually really fun like and yeah I and I I, I personally do like them both as separate creators so yeah and I think again we'll probably touch on this when we talk about some of the sitsy panels but um they are separate human beings and they have a career I can't imagine going through all of my adult life and have my career completely tied to my partner or whatever or just someone else in general like you have in life and you are allowed to have and in fact you should have your own personal experience and trajectory you should have something for yourself yeah i think what's amazing i think they complement each other creatively a lot but i do think that there's aspects of their creativity that don't work together Mm -hmm. and so that's the stuff that's always had to be shelved if they've been doing joint stuff and i think it's going to be really interesting what they decide to do separately and they are both each of each other's biggest fans like a hundred percent like you know dan's video was produced by phil like phil's behind yeah. that camera the whole time and vice versa they are each other you know we know that everything they do creatively yeah. they've run past the other one they are each other's biggest critiques and mm-hmm. they uh, they help each other mold and yeah. do the best stuff they can yeah so whilst we might think at the moment there's no joint content i don't think there is such a thing as separate content Every photo for Phil's merch is taken by Dan behind the scenes. They, you know, when Dan said, you know, we enjoy working together so much in his video, that the things we, we didn't might, just mean on camera. No, we might think right now, oh, they're not working together, but everything they do is yeah. they're still a team. It yeah. just might be that the stuff that they're producing is slightly separate for us. I don't know. So it, it yeah. Well, and I always use this comparison, and I probably should stop doing it, but it's like PJ and Sophie work together all the time it's just Mm. you don't see sophie on camera no no but they constantly work together um yeah and they're gonna continue to work together probably in some one way or another forever but because they enjoy it but um yeah i'm excited to and i think that had i mean take the coming out element out of it um but dan creating a video that is that production style and everything wouldn't have happened if phil was going to be on camera as well because that's not phil's style no, and I think also, yeah, he, he, that that was just Dan. Dan is trying to turn his content into something that yeah. he's comfortable with. He's trying to play out and, you know, figure out where he wants to be creatively. Like, 10 years on YouTube is a long time yeah. to be doing the same sort of thing, and he's obviously wanted to yeah. sort of change stuff up for a while. And Yeah, well, I think he's always wanted to make a difference. He's always wanted to have an impact on the world. Yeah. And if he's finally figured out in his head how he wants to do that, he should be able to yeah. do it. But Phil obviously has no interest in doing that. He wants his channel to be somewhere fun, so somewhere I can escape to, and you can just go there and have a laugh yeah. or whatever. And that's and valid as well. Yeah. But the fact that, like, 
Dan doesn't want to do just that, but Phil doesn't want to get yeah. into the heavy stuff. If they continue just doing joint stuff... They're not going to do... And you can also see that they're both inspired by different people creatively. Like, yeah. Phil obviously has, has on numerous times named dropped Jenna and, like, kind of her content. And Sophia. And, I mean, Dan's was just, like, a love letter to Natalie. Yeah. In all of the ways. <laughs> like, the call out the second... When he made the Degenerates joke, I was just like... Yeah. You have been watching a lot of ContraPoints. Yeah. <laughs> but no, it's great. But haven't we all? <laughs> yeah, haven't we all? But no, like, you can see that Dan is obviously very inspired by the kind of the um, move to sort of the more long form on YouTube. And mm. I, I also really like that. I think that video essays are a really yeah, great I love thing. It. And I, I would be very interested to see how he does his spin on that, if that's the direction he's interested in going Because I've always said Dan is an excellent storyteller. He is. And I actually think it would be interesting because a lot of the long form stuff... Um, that is very popular. Yeah. Everybody is kind of academically trained and it is that, and if he could bridge that gap between the two, yes. which is slightly less, because I know that for some people, like some of the content is a little bit inaccessible. Like I've seen people quite, say like they've tried to watch Contra Points, it goes over the head. Um, Ollie's content is even a little bit inaccessible for... Yeah, sometimes it's a bit, I mean, Dan can be pretentious, but sometimes Ollie, Ollie loves, no, loves yeah. him so much, but like... <laughs> Just thinking of the, so Ollie was, Ollie was on a panel moderating some panels. Ollie was the best moderator I've ever seen. But also, he just, he was on the, um, uh, he moderated the mental health and social media panel. Yeah. And some of the way he asked the questions, what was it? He was asking about the... Social systemic causes, causes of, of mental, mental health, health issues in... In society. And, um, my God, it went. You could just see the panelists as he was. He was. There was one person there who was also in academia, and I think she understood what yeah. the social systemic cause was. But you could see as he was speaking, their eyes glaze over, and just the level of confusion. And the second he said social, they were just like, "Ooh, social media!" <laughs> and oh man, like yeah, there's yeah. I think yeah, that was very funny to me. If you're in on the joke, because um, then when he said it was quite a Thatcherite opinion, individualistic opinion from the. Yeah, he, he <laughs> from the he, panel today. He shaded them hard. Yeah, he went the right sass over at the heads. end of it when he was just like, "Yeah, the in, like a very a very overly individualistic view from this panel that I was not expecting." And I was thinking, "Oh, shade, yeah, shade." But like, yeah, I think it would be interesting because I really love that side of YouTube to sort of see mm. where you could bridge. Because I think there's one thing Dan would worry about is alienating his core audience. Yeah. So it would be a bit of marrying the two, and maybe that would be a really good avenue for him to explore. Yeah, not, and I think he's um. Yeah, in a similar way, Ollie does, I suppose, but without the um, academic philosophy spin on it, but um, using your own personal experience to talk about a, a well, topic in general. And Dan's always been really good at that, is using his story to yeah. sort of bring in, and I think that he could do that well. And I think that that's Except that he doesn't really like talking about himself too much, so he'd have to, like, balance that. Yeah. I wouldn't like it if he moved to just talking about topics and not relating I don't think he would, though. But I don't think I he think would. one of the things that... He, he's scared of is he's not an expert and he's thinking, mm. I think the one thing that worries Dan and we've seen this in the and why he may not go this avenue is he's worried about getting things wrong yeah. and you can see that's why this video took so yeah. long to do is his fear of misstepping of mm -hmm. saying the wrong thing yeah. of not being qualified enough to talk yeah. about it and I think that that's something that um, has stemmed from like, the most ridiculous thing I think dropping out of uni mm. has made him feel unqualified to talk on topics which bothers me a lot because mm. fucking university is not the only avenue of you know but then equally and again we need to talk about Sitsi properly but there were, we went to the um, disability and chronic illness panel and they were saying that um, although they um, speak from a place of um, experience about their own um, disabilities or chronic illness um, they can't speak for the community at large um, so they have to be very careful about what they say that this is my experience with it well, I'm not a medical yeah, professional yeah well I think that's why you can see Dan doing that very much in his depression video yes of like here's my narrative this is not going to be for everyone and I think that's really important because like you know you can learn you can sort of empathise and you can share from other people's experiences but yeah um, I think Jessica made a good point oh, mm -hmm. was it Jessica on that panel where it was like you know it, it is YouTube, but like when you're telling the stories, it, is, yeah. it has to be an I story. Yeah. People can relate and yeah. find common ground, but you know, these aren't experts. Yeah. Um, and yeah, maybe we should move on. Yeah, to, we absolutely should. at some should. point, we need to also get a train. Today, we are going to be looking inside our brains to discuss the fundamental questions of our universe. It was amazing. Very good. Um, didn't know who... 80% of the YouTubers were. Yeah. No idea who all the young people are. Humans are, yeah. <laughs> there was a lot of young people running to go see people. And I was like, for me, there's no one here worth running for. Also like running. That's oh, we ran for Jessica. Yeah. Oh, I ran a little bit because I thought she might be there. But I don't know. 
it's fine, but it's okay. Um, yeah, it was it was really good. It's you can see it was like a slightly different sort of side of YouTube that I'm used to watching. Yeah. But I did enjoy the people that I didn't know um, and I wasn't familiar with. I actually enjoyed all of the panels that we went to. I found most of the people speaking on to be very interesting. Actually, the surprise one I found was um, there was a panel on um, niche content, which yes. Ollie was moderating with... Um, uh, Nikki and Sammy. And, oh my God. Her, Eleanor O'Neill. Uh, Eleanor O'Neill. So she does true crime. And uh, Nikki and Sammy, I literally, the only thing I think I've seen them do is the Stand Up to Cancer live stream. Oh, I hadn't even seen oh, that. that I, well, that I only know that Dan and Phil are I was aware it. of their names. Dan and Phil are on that. Oh. There's at one point they share a stage. That, that is my entire... <coughs> oh, gosh, yeah, they yeah, do. That's, that's, that is my knowledge Okay, yes, I have them. seen them before. There's, there's two humans on a stage, <laughs> and they look a bit cheesy. So, uh, no, that was really surprising, because I actually found the panel very insightful and kind of interesting. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so, you know, I don't think it's their, I don't think I'd go away and watch their content, because it's not for me. Yeah, but that, I did find... that panel was about finding your niche... Um, and about like yeah because uh, obviously they've changed what content they do these yeah they do like K-pop content and Eleanor yeah. does like true, true crime, crime. It, British true crime actually yeah. so very specific But that it was, was quite funny though because they kept saying the word niche um, and at one point they were like do we get a point for every time we say the word niche yeah <laughs> it was interesting mm. so, but yeah I think the um, the general YouTubers there I, I could honestly say I didn't know who the fuck most of them were um, yeah is... I didn't or, or there was people like I knew the name of but I had like no interest like but like you know, I've, I'm aware of the side yeah. men. I know. Oh, do you know are. what we kept saying as well? Was because like I actually found it really fascinating, kind of like seeing the different audiences. Because like yeah. obviously back in the day, YouTube was kind of like the alt, like introverts. And yeah. I will say like obviously like it was amazing to see that like the LGBT and the mental health panels like in the largest rooms, and mm-hmm. that was obviously they knew that that was sort of there was a big audience for that there. Yeah. But there was a lot of like very extroverted humans there. It was very like. Yes. It was a, a, a side of YouTube that I am not familiar with, and I was like, ooh, okay, yes. Yeah. You do you in the corner. Or maybe in the very large open space, and I'll be in the corner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was slightly... Um, yeah, we actually went to the... Um, we went on Creator Track, so... Because um, we have a podcast, we're creators. Um, and yes. <laughs> Yes. We actually got stopped like five minutes of them being there and um, asked about what. Our, yeah. What he was like, doing. "Oh, are you are you content creators? Are you YouTubers? Like, do you want to be in our stage show?" And we were like, "No, no, <laughs> I do not want to be on camera. I'm sorry. No, not, not on not camera. camera. Um, yeah, I, I yeah, it was really interesting sort of seeing the different sort of demographics. Um, there was a lot of merch, but I think that Dan and Phil were the only creators who had. Not just their own merch table, but if you went into the craft stools, I'd say 60% of the craft stools had something. That was done and filled, yeah. So, like, you know, I, I don't think there was another YouTuber who literally was just not in the room and had that much presence. Yeah, because the, the IRL stall in general was very big. Um, the Dan and Phil section of it was more than, was more than the, yeah, the other ones combined. Like, it was, um, yes interesting that all of their merch was being sold so centrally as well I, and also and every sixth person i looked at had some form of dan and phil merch on whether it was a fucking pin badge or it was an introvert's jacket or it was some like oh yeah it was yeah and to think Ooh, lovely to see loads and of to think fans that, out yeah, but to think that also like none of us were wearing merch which means there's like if yeah that, if, if that was every person wearing merch there was like so probably another half of the people not wearing it I don't know. there was just yeah there was probably a lot of us there um it's fun to see their reach I suppose yeah um, but I yeah speaking of the craft stores I, I really enjoyed um, that I, I didn't realise that was going to be there until quite late because yeah. this is our first city so um, until like yeah quite late in the, uh, having a look at the map just before we went so it was quite nice to have that um, other merch people were quite, quite good as well yeah, I PJ's the... claw machine was oh, fun oh that was really cool I won something which was amazing and Sophie liked my hair which was cool you kept getting people saying stuff about your hair like I know thanks hairdresser oh. yeah Jane did my hair so, <laughs> so I had to be like it's her I didn't do it I love it how like they would say like I really love your hair and your tattoos to you and then they'd go your hair's nice too to me and I was like okay you don't need to pander to me it's fine I get it <laughs> I've just got one colour. Charlotte's got five. Why would you? <laughs> you did it, so. Yeah, no, it was, it was good. So, on terms of panels, I was yes. very aware that at some point we need to leave. Sorry, yeah. 15 minutes, so we can get back to Nottingham. Yeah. Um, 
Well, there was, we tried to go to a couple to see like if there was anything that people were talking about that we could sort of relate to Dan and Phil and get some insight. Yeah. And I think one of the most prevalent of that was there was a one on um, relationships online. Yeah. Um, so the panellists were Jessica, um, uh, Calgrain Frozard, um, which is where around that is, um, whose partner is not a YouTuber, um, Jamie and Shaba. Um, then it was meant to be Rose and Rosie, but instead it was no offence in his boyfriend, whose name I just do not know. Corey, don't know his YouTube channel, um, and Jake Edwards was moderating it, mm-hmm. which is quite interesting because, um, yeah, so all of them are like in online relationships and they were discussing um, sort of, I think the two things that we picked out was they brought up the idea of um, responsibility because actually it, was me- it wasn't meant to be a queer panel, but everybody was queer. Everyone was queer, yeah. So that was quite funny. So It was, it was like to- the LGBT panel part two. Yeah, it was like meant to be relationships online, but it was more LGBT relationships online, yeah. which I think is where the level, like, because I think it was a- if it was a relationships panel, responsibility wouldn't have ever been brought up, <laughs> which is, I mean, telling in itself. Yes. You've said to a straight YouTube couple, you have a responsibility <laughs> to show your audience your yeah. relationship. But um, yeah, one of them brought up, I can't remember who it was. I think it was, was it I think it was Noah said, was it? I think yeah. we have a responsibility to show our relationship, to show, yeah. like, to represent um, queer people to, to audiences and stuff. And I thought that was fairly interesting because I don't think anyone has a responsibility no. to share anything about their life. I don't think they do, but it was interesting. I mean, what he didn't mention on that, I just know this from watching, mm. is that he was a big fan of Jamie and Shaba yeah. before he came out. So he was watching Jamie's content. Yes. Um, and I'm guessing seeing a yeah. trans relationship and being like, okay, this is something I can have. Yeah. So I guess maybe he was coming at that from a level of, I saw that and it helped me um, as well. Yeah. But yeah, I think that's an interesting... And Jessica has talked about that before, about um, one of the reasons she keeps her, her content family friendly is that she wanted to show a happy lesbian relationship for young people so that you could sort of see like this is something that yes. you can have like a happy marriage because she could never see that growing up and I think she made a good point and it wasn't even on that panel it was on another one that um sh- she wants to show um here I'm living my life and doing my things and I just so happen to be gay like yeah. it's not like that isn't the only facet of my person that defines who I am yeah and I think that that's it's it's really because what frustrates me this whole idea of responsibility is that it just inherently politicizes queer people and like yeah you you don't have to you, it shouldn't well it's unfair that you have to be i mean your own existence day to day is politicized enough i know like, exactly you have to go through your and life you, having and you that and yeah. you can't afford not to have a political exactly. opinion um so you know in your career you shouldn't have to no. do that no and um, i i think it's you know it is so important um and to have that and i thought it was interesting because i was all sort of thinking in terms of down phil was when Dan talked about how important seeing other people yeah. living out and being queer was to helping his journey. Yeah. Um, and then so, you know, how does that translate over to how they then see themselves? And I mean, of... Phil's tweet for his video is, I thought I'd share this because it might help, like, sort of thing. Yeah. I thought it was time. And I think, obviously, um, like, some people seem in the fandom very entitled that they should show more of their relationship. But to me personally, like, they've shown... So, they. I mean, if you look at the way the rhetoric of another big portion of the fandom is that we've been able to see this very happy queer couple for over mm. 10 years living their best life. It's amazing. It's yeah. inspiring. Like, to see that you can have, like, a long-term, absolutely amazing relationship. Yeah. Like, you don't need... We don't need the, you know... Even people on that panel, like, um, they talked about where they drew the line, like, Noah and his partner and uh, were, like, you no know, kissing on camera. Uh, Jamie and Shaba also don't. And the line was, we do not talk about sex. Claudia, um, Jess and Claude, well, Jessica is her own biggest fan, and she's like, yes, all kissing on camera, but like, <laughs> she's just in her own little corner. Yeah, I think, I think the only um, viewpoint that was missing from that panel, um, because all of those couples have been um, out and very open about their relationships from pretty much the get-go, um, so I think the only, yeah, the only viewpoint that might have been missing was... Um, what happens when you're not comfortable sharing it for a long time or if you're not out yet. Mm. Not that it was explicitly or, or, queer or panel. Or but... changing boundaries, because I know that was initially yes. Rose and Rosie were meant to be on the panel and they, yeah, they were very been. open. Uh, actually, mir- remind me a bit of Dan and Phil, because when they were doing YouTube in the early days, they used to just get horrendously drunk on mm. camera and just chat shit. And like, they were very open. Yeah. And although they still are in some ways, but they're a bit more jokey. Like, they still talk about like their sex life now, but it's a lot yeah. more jokey. It's yeah. a little less... And then, then the boundaries have become... Um, yeah, they kiss less on camera. Yeah, They're like they save that for themselves. Yeah, but like they've they've actually discussed that in some of their videos. But they changing the boundaries is difficult when your audience are already expecting and enti- they feel entitled to that aspect of the relationship to then shift and be like, actually, no, we're not going to share this. I think yeah. it's challenging. Whereas all the panelists that we saw, mm-hmm. they 
they had never taken things back. They were only working yeah. out what more they were going to share. And I think... Yeah. I think, yeah, um, Noah was mentioning um, that one of the things he really dislikes is when they're live streaming. Um, well, if one of them's live streaming, then the, the whole chat will be, where's the other one? And I was like, oh, relatable. Um, but then he said also, like, ever since they have been... Um, like open about their relationship it's will you kiss for us please kiss him and um, we want to see you kiss and i'm thinking that would happen now yeah. i mean it happened anyway um for dan and phil if they were to do lives and stuff and i just yeah it's not great yeah it's frustrating because it's like well i don't know and like yeah and like questions about quite invasive aspects of like their relationship yeah and like and not... yeah and the moderator asked um you know what do you think um audiences um should avoid um doing and and curry said you know or what's one thing that audiences do that like annoy you and no one was talking about that kind of thing and then um curry did say like you know always making them a package deal like they're individuals um yeah i think for them because they have very separate channels and they they, i think they're quite a new couple so it's a bit like they're not a package deal i think it's more challenging with dan and phil because they though as well as being dan and phil they were also dan and phil the brand yeah and they they made that decision yeah, to become that of brand. They did. So they are more of a package deal. And the same with um some of the other people on the panel, like Jamie and Sharba have a lot of joint they have a joint company and merch. Not yeah. Yeah. Bits and pieces. So that sort of changes the dynamic a bit. So I can understand if you don't have any of that joint stuff. Yeah. How it must be a bit frustrating because you're like, I, I they've not made any sort of business decision to like, yeah. become that. Whereas like, yeah, Rose Rosie, if they'd been on it over like Jamie and Sharba have that jointness. Yes. As to Dan and Phil. Yeah. Um which in some ways then you can sort of say that all then I guess that you've set a precedent for fans yeah. to... Yeah. Um, but even um, Jamie and Shabba were talking about the fact that fans will, will say stuff like, you know, when there's a, a friend that comes round um, and they often get, oh my God, like Shabba's leaving Jamie for... Oh yeah, a oh friend God. and like they just, they spe- and they said, um, you know, they made the point that, and we've made it before, that they we only, YouTubers will ever only show you, even if they're like vlogging weekly, they're only ever showing you a very, very small percentage of their lives and people are likely to join the dots, but they'll join the wrong ones. Yeah, I thought that was a really interesting comment because God, do you remember every time a woman would go near them, it was like, oh my God, which one are they dating? Who's dating Dan and Phil? Is it cats? Is it this person? Who's that? You know, yeah. It just, oh my God, fandom, show me booties. People yeah. can like. And I think the same thing happens now though, in it, not necessarily to do with their relationship, but like every time a little thing happens, people take that specific, um, event and then they extrapolate Mm -hmm. so you know they don't sit together and react and oh my god they're forever separating their branding they're never going to do anything joint again maybe they're broken up you know it's just it's so stupid I I get that there's a lot of anxiety when you really really love something that you fear that it will go away or you fear that it will change in a way that you're not going to like but just chill out like take the whole back catalogue and make you're an informed also look at the president I know obviously some people you look at, you know, Super Amazing Project ended, and yeah. then they moved on to the radio show. The radio show ended. They moved on to doing live performances, touring the world. Like, maybe they moved on to content that you didn't like as much, or, like, there's bits and pieces from the history, like, more. But they always move on to something new. Like, these are two people who are very invigorated to be creative and to try mm-hmm. their hand at new things. Like, and... And be, they're still young. Like, yeah, they're not going to they're very young. Now. And, like, to be honest, yeah, there's content I prefer and there's content that's, like, less my favorite. But, but to be honest, I've really enjoyed everything they've ever done. So I trust yeah. them as creatives, mm-hmm. and especially as creatives who have a little bit more clout in the industry now and can do some interesting yeah. things. I trust what they're going to do next, like, yeah. whatever it's going to be. I'm excited for it. Mm. And even if it maybe it's not exactly, like, my personal taste, they'll yeah. continue to do things for many more years. Yeah. I just think as a creative as well, you, you can't keep doing the same thing forever. No. You need to be creatively, like stretched and well that i mean we watched a panel on creative burnout as well and like to see that yeah you need to you know challenge yourself but you need to you you can't be doing the same thing you need to shake things Mm. up and especially with the state of youtube now like and and we've seen like you know the way dan's talked about he doesn't like to see seen as just a youtuber just let them i mean phil made the point about the gaming channel in his vidcon um, interview that you know every now and again when you've been doing something for a while and you're in the sort of like momentum of it, you need to sit down and think, is this really what I want to be doing? Mm. Maybe I just want to have a look at it and see if I want to do something different. Um, and I think that's absolutely fine. Yeah, I think so. Because, I mean, yeah, especially when you've been doing it for that long and it's not solely like, you know, we're financially reliant on this, they now mm. have enough money and enough, you know, sort of sustained income from it, um, IRL and stuff that they can afford to do things. And it, it, 
I think especially for Dan, who seems to be on some endless personal quest to the optimum state of happiness, which yeah. I do also just want to be like, Dan, chill on your boots with that one. Um, yeah. But, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a good thing that we'll strive to um, better yourself. I think he's a, quite obsessive about that. So I can see why he always wants to do that. He's content as well. Yeah. Like, you don't want to become complacent and stuck. Yeah, and I just think if you're in a creative thing, uh, non-creative jobs as well, you you don't want to get stuck in a rut. No. no one wants to be in a rut for anything. No, and I think that he, he did seem to feel like he felt like that. So, yeah, I, content will come back at some point. Yeah, like, and I'm, for one, I'm excited to see what it's going to be. Um, I'm just going to say that we need to wrap this up maybe soonish because we do need to go. Okay. So, I, I, in that case, I won't talk about the fact that they kept mentioning fan fiction on that panel. Oh, God, we don't need to talk about that. I, my, my only defence to them is that I know at least two of the panellists are fic writers, present-day fic yeah. writers. No one seemed to really have anything bad to say about it. They were just like, if you read it, it's weird because it's it's inaccurate because people don't know you 100%. Um, and one of them made a joke about writing fan fiction about the other one of the couples and that was funny um but i was just sat there going no fourth wall please stop stop no. talking about fiction i don't like it i don't like it i don't like it i mean i know yeah because jessica definitely was heavily in fic buffy fave yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 she's talked about it before yeah and she's also in the marvel fandom yeah i don't know if she writes in marvel she's not actually stated who her ship is but she's also her her name has never been discovered online so yeah let's leave her to her um, her fanishness yeah um okay upcoming um, what are we looking forward to? Well, Phil's video, which we were hoping was going to drop at the weekends. We could have all watched it together. Yes. That would have been really cool. But, um, yeah, we couldn't do that, so we're waiting, we're waiting for that. There's, I've seen lots of interesting theories um, on the internet about what it might be. Not going to go into any of them because I'm keeping my expectations very, very low. Um, but it's going to be long, so that's going to be good. Um, final bits then, Baby Watch? Uh, oh, they posted a bit. There was a few, a few pictures of Baby Mainly, they've not been together. They just had yeah. their first date the other night because they went been... out last night. Yeah, because gin tasting. Yeah, because Lance has been in LA and Tom has been in Japan. Yeah. So I'm assuming Baby's been with Debbie because yeah, I've not, we've not seen. Anything. We saw top of Baby's head. Yes, top of Baby's head. And then a very interesting photo where they put like the thing of the stroller down. That I was know. That I just they're they're trolls. We're gonna yeah. just see like body parts of it. Also, Baby's small chair. The small oh sofa. yes, the they've small got a chair. tiny, tiny sofa for the baby. So cute. Love small things. Yeah. Um, also, can we just briefly mention um, the BBC LGBT correspondent? That yeah. Ben. Oh my god, I love oh him god. and Tom. Yeah, that's that's the thing that like, he's going to be the new person I saw because they are yeah. getting a dog and like they're testing out and they're like taking friend uh, friends' dogs for walks and then like borrowing dogs and it's just so fucking wholesome. Yes. Another recommendation of another um, queer couple that you need to follow on social media: Tom and Lance, and then Ben and Tom. Yeah, his I think it's Ben in LDN is his. UK. Yeah, he's the guy who um, interviewed Dan, Dan for the BBC. Oh, which that interview is going to be up at some yes. at some point in the soon. Um, <laughs> so that's something to look forward to as well, I suppose. Um, so that's everything from us today. Sorry we had to wrap this up quite quick at the end, but we have to go and catch a train. Um, yeah. Thank you very much for listening, and we'll see you next time. Uh, bye. bye. <laughs> And, and yeah, stay hydrated, have a nice day, stroke your pants. Thanks for hanging out with us. I hope you've enjoyed all the stuff. I mean, Phil, Phil, please end it. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>